It's phenomenal what is now being said um, openly on CNN and MSNBC. I mean, is that now we've got to go to AT&T and tell them they've got to ban voices, voices like mine, voices like AON, voices like Newsmax, because they shouldn't be peddling in that. Excuse me? Can you even imagine having the gall and the guts to stand up and say, these cable companies should take off CNN. Nobody should be peddling that. No one has a right to listen to that. Of course you have a right. What is coming our way? I fear it doesn't work out well. Somebody who may know the answer to that and the workarounds is Jeff Brown frequent guest on the program whenever we talk about uh, any kind of uh, technology he's way ahead of the game we go to him in 60 seconds the Glenn Beck program <sighs> let me talk to you a little bit about uh, my pillow I'm here to tell you from my personal experience the Giza dream sheets from Mike Lindell uh, they're they're on un- they're unbelievable Especially for the price. I mean, you know, you can get this is a 15,000 thread count sheet. Wow, that's super soft. Yes, yes. How much is it? Well, $15,000 for each thread. It's, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's soft, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, no. Mike Lindell has gotten the, uh, the softest Giza cotton and the most durable cotton. It's Giza cotton. And he has made it into sheets, and they are so soft, they're so breathable. They get softer every time you wash them. I love them. Mike Lindell is now offering the sheets for buy one, get one free at MyPillow.com. The sheets are just like all MyPillow products. They come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're not going to need it. You're going to love it. It's MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials to check out the buy one, get one free offer on the Giza Dream Sheets. Deep discounts everywhere. Now at MyPillow.com. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. Promo code BECK at MyPillow.com. Jeff Brown is a guy that I heard at a, a conference once, and I was fascinated by this guy, the way he thinks and what he knows. He's the founder and chief investment analyst for Brownstone Research. He's the editor of Bleeding Edge. He has also worked as an ex- at the executive level for some of the best technology companies in the world, Qualcomm, uh, NXP, Semiconductors, and Juniper Networks. He's a uh, very successful angel investor in early stage technologies and uh, has this knack of being able to piece things together. Welcome to the program, Jeff Brown. How are you? Happy New Year, Glenn. Happy New Year to you. And boy, isn't that a happy New Year so far. So far. We're in for an interesting one. Yeah, it is. Um, let, let's start with the limiting of uh, voices and Facebook and everyone from Facebook to CNN are saying we've got to limit these voices and snuff voices out. Can you can you talk about that at all? And uh if you care to the importance of not snuffing out voices uh and then how how do we get around this what do we do what took place over the last few weeks is something that uh you know that 
the technology industry knew was possible, but never thought it would happen, actually. Uh, you know, the thought of banning or censoring people simply because they have different opinions or a different uh, ideology uh, is, uh, you know, completely against uh, everything, of course, the U.S. Constitution stands for. So, and, um, so where are they? Because they don't seem to be popping up and saying anything. Well, you know, what we're seeing now is that uh, uh, technology companies are essentially running in fear. They're concerned that they themselves will be banned if they don't censor and ban. Uh, they'll lose uh, many of their customers. It will negatively damage their business. And of course, they'll see an exodus of employees who have this, uh, this shared, um, very progressive uh, ideology, um, which obviously is opposed to anything different than what they believe in. And so, so many companies uh, joined this uh, in an effort to protect their business and protect their ability to employ, uh, you know, a large percentage of the technology community. That's why this is, uh, is so unfortunate. So uh, of course, go ahead. I was just going to say these companies, especially, um, uh, the largest violators of course are, are the search companies like, uh, like Google and the social media companies. Uh, who have long been protected under Section 230, which basically uh, gives them uh, immunity as long as they don't censor. They won't be considered a publisher uh, and therefore won't be liable for any content on their platforms. And right now, the actions that they've taken, uh, you know, indicate that they believe that um, they should be able to censor and ban and still have immunity and not be considered a publisher but without any control of congress or the uh white house or the senate that that ain't happening now there's no, i mean there's right, nothing to right. stop this the, you right, know the, exactly. the, the the conversation from the left has been well conservatives should just build their own internet well that's ridiculous that's ridiculous um can you give some perspective on what needs to be done if we were to have uh have to start from scratch is it even possible? It's it's not uh, it's not possible uh, to to start from scratch, especially when we're talking about physical infrastructure. I mean, so much of the fundamental foundational internet technology, of course, was funded by U.S. taxpayers. Mm -hmm. uh, but it includes everything from. Uh, football field size server farms to fiber optic cables and infrastructure to, uh, you know, the cable TV or fiber lines that ultimately run to uh, our home. The idea uh, of rebuilding all of that uh, and having one network that allows censorship and another that protects freedom of speech, uh, uh, it, it's just not realistic it's not economically realistic and uh, i don't even think it's politically realistic so um so so tell me how how does this end where are we headed with this what comes next well the lessons that we learned in december uh were that obviously google and apple uh as they control essentially um 99 plus percent of all smartphones 
they can ban applications, smartphone applications, which is why uh, application like Parler was taken down. And then we saw cloud-based services like Google and Amazon through its subsidiary, Amazon Web Services, could take down websites and just decide not to support applications. Now, that's the bad news. They have far too much control. The real risk for us is if um, the cable TV companies who act as internet service providers or the mm -hmm. AT&T and Verizons that might have fiber to the home or um, give us wireless connectivity to our, to our phones, they can also censor websites. For me, that's the big risk. If they shut down kind of the physical pipe of information and ban certain parts of the internet, uh, then we lose our ability to communicate. All right, so now, it's not a, would would Elon Musk's satellite internet remedy that? I was leading to that. So okay. yes, um, uh, I think uh, Musk is somebody that we could count on, uh, and he's been very vocal about this uh, already. Um, uh, so yes, the satellite network could and will work. It's in fact. Um, working in the United States uh, right now, and we'll launch um, in the next couple of months uh, in the UK as well. Uh, the problem with that is that it doesn't really scale. So if we take the 80 plus uh, million Americans um, uh, who have a certain ideology uh, and we put them all on satellites, uh, the network would fall over. There's just not enough capacity. We all couldn't use it at the same time. So I don't think that's a, a real uh, good solution, but there is a solution. Uh, in fact, there is um, uh, a very interesting um, blockchain technology project called Handshake, uh, which provides us a glimpse of what that future could look like. We can think of Handshake as uh, a highly secure, uh, sensor-resistant, um, address book for the internet. It enables uh, us to have essentially peer-to-peer -peer connections with any media site or website that we would want to. Uh, it is disguised, it's masked so that an AT&T, Verizon, your cable company wouldn't be able to block it because they wouldn't even know what the information is being sent to you. And so the way we would access mm. this, the way we do today, is through specialized um, web browsers that give us the ability to communicate using uh, this new kind of internet phone book uh, uh, that's not controlled by any one centralized organization, which is what we have today, by the way. There's an organization called ICANN mm -hmm. that basically controls all of the uh, internet websites, uh, and uh, the internet wouldn't work without it. So when you say specialized web browsers and Handshake, is Handshake available now? It is. It's a fairly new project. It, uh, its big launch happened about six months ago, and uh, its goal is to basically replace this centralized ICANN network. Um, so how do you... browse? How do you get on it? And it so if it doesn't use, does it does it go on to the backbone of the old internet, or is this a new internet? It still connects over all the fiber optic cables and okay. all the computer networks that transmit data. 
it just has the ability to mask what's sent and which websites are being accessed. So that's how it's sensor proof uh, and would solve this problem. Now, here's the bad news. The bad news is it's not yet uh, user friendly. You really have to be technologically savvy to use the technology. But uh, as I kind of started, this offers us a glimpse of a potential solution to what we've experienced over the last few weeks. Isn't the guy who came up, they say, came up with the Internet or the Internet browser or I can't remember the WWW. That's what he did. He came up with the World Wide Web. It wasn't he working on something as well because he doesn't like the way this whole thing has worked out. Yes, Tim Berners-Lee. Um, and he is, in fact, working on a very interesting project. Now, that's a little bit different, but it's equally as important as what handshake is trying to solve he's working on a project that allows us to essentially keep our own maintain all of our personal information right uh using blockchain technology and whenever we want to give some of that personal information to a company an entity a hospital then we can grant permission for a set period of time uh, it's a great structure. It's a very interesting project, and it's something that desperately needs to happen in order to remove the control that companies like Twitter and Google and Facebook have over our lives. Okay, back with more with uh, Jeff Brown in just a second. First, let me stop for 60 seconds and tell you a little bit about American financing. With all the time that we're spending at home, with, with all, of the, all of the things we're going on, uh, you might feel like the house is kind of closing in on me a bit. Assuming that you want to move, um, but if you want to just update your house and remodel, American Financing can help you with that too. But let's say you want to move, you want to, maybe you're in a city and you're like, I want to just get out because uh, I don't think this is going to really come back to all normal. Uh, call American Financing. A significant, significant monthly savings if you want to uh, uh, refinance your house and you have a mortgage that's over three or four percent. You can upgrade your home, refinance to refinish homes. They have customized loans. Some homeowners can save up to a thousand dollars a month, and they do it without charging up front or hidden fees. Find the best way for you at American Financing, 800 906 2440, 800 906 2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 10 seconds, station ID. So, uh, Jeff, I want to talk to you a little bit about Bitcoin. And I know you started recommending it when it was like $240 a, a coin. It's now, uh, what, about thirty-four, thirty-five thousand. Uh, $35,000. $35,000. That's crazy. Um, uh, what is the long-term future? The one thing that has kept me back on Bitcoin, I mean, I invested in it, but uh, the one thing that kept me from saying, let's just pour money into this, is this fear that the federal government is getting more and more controlling and uh, this has no control on your dollar. I mean, you, what, what you do is what you do. 
and the federal government doesn't control how many of them there are or anything else, but they're going to come in all around the world with some sort of a Fed coin and the Federal Reserve will take over. How likely is that and what would it do to Bitcoin? Well, I'm uh, 100% certain that the U.S. will launch its own Fed coin or its e-dollar or digital dollar. Um, it's, it's to be named. Uh, and I would argue that uh, it has already been laying the basic infrastructure through a series of, uh, a series of moves uh, from the office of the uh, controller of the currency uh, to really prepare uh, the banking system, the financial institutions for this inevitability. And what, what did they do? Well, uh, as a simple example, um, last July, so they changed the rules allowing that national banks could actually become custodians of cryptocurrencies or digital assets. That was a big move. Not too many people realized that it happened. And then if I think back to September, uh, they said that banks could provide services to the issuers of stable coins. So stable coins are basically cryptocurrencies that are linked one-to-one to some form of other asset like the U.S. dollar. So one U.S. dollar stable coin equals one U.S. dollar. And they that seems so ridiculous to, hold- to say if it's a, it's a stable <laughs> dollar if it's linked to currency. Holy cow. Funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this, the, the value of the stablecoin fluctuates in step with the fluctuations of the U.S. dollar, for example. So in September, the OCC allows the banks for holding these reserves, the reserves to back the stablecoins one-to-one. And then, just before Christmas, incredible, they snuck out an interpretive letter that basically says that not only national banks, but federal savings associations can use public blockchains to store and validate payments. They will allow banks to transact using stable coins. And so but not Bitcoin but not Bitcoins. Precisely not Bitcoin. Mm. It's an important distinction. And the reason that stable coins are significant is because they're essentially a representation of what an electronic dollar or digital dollar will look like a Fed coin. They'll function and look just like stable coins. The difference is the Federal Reserve will have centralized control. Oh, jeez! They will not be decentralized and they will be able to print and produce as many of these digital dollars as their heart desires. Which goes against everything that the Bitcoin represents and what is attractive to so many people that get into Bitcoin. So what do they do with Bitcoin? So, I mean, do they well, put it out of business or what happens? These assets um, that obviously are seen to some as, uh, you know, a flight to safety, a flight against future uh, inflation, a store of value, um, uh, speculation in many cases, especially now, especially over the course of the last two months. Um, but they are potentially something that could be seen as a threat by a centralized government uh, who wants to make sure that they own that digital reserve currency status. So I agree with you. Uh, There is risk there. Uh, And there is also risk in um, a currency like Bitcoin in that 
if 51% of the participants in the network uh, are controlled by an entity or entities that are colluding with one another, uh, then the blockchain itself, transactions can be rewritten. Uh, they can be taken away. Funds can be confiscated. And my biggest concern here is that 65% of all of the Bitcoin network, the Bitcoin mining network, is in mainland China. Oh, boy. And more than 51% is controlled by just three Chinese companies. And to me, that is a major risk for Bitcoin. Okay. So would you sell Bitcoin now? Uh, or? At, at, at these levels, this is very, very speculative money. So okay. I am short-term bearish, but uh, still long-term bullish on, okay. on Bitcoin. Thank you. Back with uh, Jeff Brown here in just a second. We've got so much to, uh, so much to talk about. One of which is, did they just prove Einstein's theory of relativity and the speed of light wrong? And I also want to this talk to back program. I want to talk to him about aliens too. Because I think aliens are, I think we're being set up to, to go, oh yes, aliens, here they are. And then we'll have all the politicians be like, that's old news. We've I known know. about aliens for a long time. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. All right, why do you winterize your car? Winter is harder on your car than really uh, than any other season. Uh, it's why I have car shield on uh, my uh, my old trucks. I mean, once my car runs out of warranty, I get car shield because, because it's always like they planned it. It's like, well, this is about uh, this part runs about four and a half years. This part will run forever. Yeah, but the one that runs four and a half years in. And it's getting so expensive and you can't fix it yourself that you have to buy a new car. And I don't want to. Drive with confidence, knowing that if anything happens, you're protected. You get coverage, you get it, uh, you know, the, the roadside assistance, the rental car while yours is in the shop. They pay everything. You don't have to wait for a check to reimburse you. It's Car Shield. Deductible may apply. CarShield.com. Use the promo code Beck and save 10%. That's CarShield.com. Promo code Beck. For a tiny, tiny fraction of one Bitcoin, you can become a member of Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn and save 30 bucks off your subscription. Jeff Brown joins us. Uh, Jeff is a, uh, he's the founder and chief investment analyst for uh, Brownstone Research. He spent 25 years as a high technology executive. He was working at the executive level at uh, Qualcomm, NXP, Semiconductors, Juniper Networks. He's a uh, regular on the program, and I really, I really am fascinated every time we have him on um, because he knows a little bit about everything and a lot about most when it comes to uh, technology. Um, Jeff, I want to push you a little bit uh, on, on a story that came out, and I, I don't even know the meaning of it. Um, and we don't need to get into the expl- uh, you know, explanation because we're not talking about beam me up, Scotty. But I believe it's I believe it's the Fermi Labs that have trans uh, transported digital transport uh, uh, transportation uh, from of information, digital information from one place to another. No strings attached. Uh, well, except for the string theory. Um, and. Uh, the article that I read said that they believe this proves Einstein's theory of relativity incorrect because it moves faster than the speed of light. 
is have you seen this story at all or know this story at all uh yes that and and many others in fact um this has been uh proven several times over the last uh five years and believe it or not uh what fermi labs did wasn't even the greatest accomplishment um of course i i i i I loved uh einstein's comments about this he called it spooky action at a distance (laughs) very scientific Mm. way for him to explain something very strange happening but what he was really referring to is this concept of quantum entanglement a very complex subject uh but the simple way to explain it is that if you have you know, two quantum particles, and uh, they're close to each other, um, they can become entangled with one another. They become connected. And then we can separate these two particles. And if the state of one particle changes, the state in the entangled particle also changes instantaneously at a speed that's faster than that of light, which is precisely to your point, why this theory of relativity was wrong on this particular subject. So, 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 so is, <laughs> what is the application in the future for this? Well, um, there are some, uh, obviously some very incredible potential applications. Uh, if we wanted to have completely secure communications between two physical locations, Let's say in the United States, maybe it's a, the bunker under the White House in some secret laboratory under a mountain. Um, we could have a series of entangled particles uh, where we separate them in these two physical locations and can have completely secure, impossible to hack communications between these two locations simply by changing the state of uh, particles in one location which would instantaneously result in the same state change in the other location. And information can be transmitted that way, just like we you know, transmit bits and bytes uh, over the Internet. But there's no wires or anything, right? There doesn't need to be. And in fact, this crazy the accomplishment that I alluded to uh, actually took place back in 2015. And get this, um, China was able to demonstrate this phenomenon between a satellite-based location in Tibet and a satellite in orbit 870 miles away, 1,400 kilometers. Uh, So last question on this. So is the quantum theory now quantum fact? Well, quantum entanglement is absolutely a fact. Quantum teleportation is absolutely a fact. They're both proven. Um, Now, to be fair, they're very hard to use at a practical level because very special conditions and environment need to be maintained to enable this phenomenon to happen and to send information. But it clearly works. And uh, over the next few years, believe me, this is going to be an area of intense development, especially by centralized governments, China and the U.S. in particular, so uh, we'll be leading the way. So you, you, um, most people are not paying attention. And I don't know if you remember Carl Sagan's last book, The Demon Haunted World. 
But I think these are the days he was predicting and, and showing. And there seems to be some really big things that are happening that I'll read about in a small little article. And I'll be like, shouldn't this be a big deal? Shouldn't this be a big deal? What are the things that are on the horizon that are game changing, let's say, in the next year? Is there anything? Uh, yes. I, 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 by the way, I share those thoughts uh, that you have every single day, right? Uh, because that's all I do. Yeah. Um, but next year, literally the next 12 months, we will see the next major breakthrough in quantum computing. We're going to see some extraordinary breakthroughs with, uh, uh, from genetic editing and also messenger RNA technologies, which, uh, uh, are, uh, related. Um, we're going to see tremendous breakthroughs in artificial intelligence. Um, what most people don't know is that the custom semiconductors, the hardware, have been uh, manufactured to accelerate uh, the development on the software side. So we're going to see some incredible breakthroughs in 2021 on natural language processing and also the use of artificial intelligence to make new discoveries. A simple example would be uh, new molecular compounds or new drug discoveries by using this technology, this hardware, and this software. Wow. Um, um, it's, uh, go ahead. Uh, I was also going to say we'll see an explosion of 5G wireless technology this year that will impact all of our lives as the networks continue to be built out. Uh, we'll see a noticeable difference in terms of the quality of our uh, connections, um, our Internet connections, the speed. There won't be delays. Things will start to feel nearly instantaneous and uh, and that will touch all aspects of our of our lives really um the last thing that i want to time and i've got a billion things but i'm out of time after this um i don't know if you've been following because it seems like such a whack job thing but it's not now um if you've been watching what's been coming out of the pentagon over the last few years last like three especially we are the Pentagon is now verifying that we are tracking uh, otherworldly uh, ships. Um, they are still studying to see if anybody has this technology. But the latest revelation from the Pentagon was that they were tracking uh, some sort of a ship that came uh, was flying super fast and then stopped went down into the ocean, under the ocean, and was, they were tracking it under the ocean at 400 knots. Um, are, are, are you following any of this? Because it seems kind of important. Uh, it's remarkable. These stories that are coming out are remarkable. From a technology standpoint, none of it surprises me. Um, we've already identified thousands of habitable exoplanets uh, in our own galaxy capable of supporting life. Uh, so to me, it's common sense to think that other, other life exists. Has it reached us yet? I, you know, I'm not sure. I'm excited to find out. But um, there's a big, uh, very interesting book coming out in a few days from Avi Loeb, who's the chair of astronomy at Harvard. Yes. Uh, and his book is going to talk about uh, that object, mysterious object, Oumuamua, uh, uh -huh. that entered our own solar system, our inner solar system, nonetheless. And its speed changed as it was coming through the solar system and then accelerated when it wanted to leave. And they weren't explainable by simple orbital mechanics. And so the theory is that 
there was some form of jet propulsion there to cause these changes in speed and attitude. And so his whole book, which I'm excited to read, uh, will be out in a few days, and we'll see we'll see yeah. what he has to say. I, I, I pre-ordered it because I'm fascinated by it as well, uh, because he's saying there's nothing natural that travels the way that thing traveled. But I, w- I couldn't understand if he thought it was space junk, something that some other being or civilization or something had used and had jettisoned, or if it was currently really active and probing a surveillance mechanism correct yeah. yeah um jeff thank you so much i really i really appreciate it um i, I do want to say are there more people in silicon valley like you because i used to talk to people at facebook and and google that were that were inside and they were like, we're libertarians. We don't believe in the, we don't believe in the left or the right. We're libertarians and we'll never let this stuff happen. Are there still those people there? Absolutely. They exist and they exist in numbers, especially in the libertarian camp. Uh, But uh, right now what I'm seeing is that they have to, they feel the need to signal virtue uh, to the left, and it's really heartbreaking to uh, to see this happen. But they they exist, and I hope mm. they I hope they surface again. Yeah, I do too. Thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You Always bet. good fun. Um, the editor of the Bleeding Edge, uh, and uh, we thank him for being on. Jeff Brown is his name. All right, so let me talk to you a little bit about Raycon. Raycon is, I think, the perfect pair of earbuds. I use Raycon um, in my private life. I can't use them here because, oh, we can't have Bluetooth technology. It's a national broadcast, whatever. But they're incredibly comfortable. They're noise canceling, which is great. Um, Usually, um, you know, I have to say to my kids, take out the Raycons. Uh, you can listen to them. It's perfect reproduction. Uh, they fit. They're comfortable. They're half the price of iPods. Half the price. So get a pair of Raycons today. In fact, they're offering a 15% discount off all of their products. So go to buyraycon.com slash back. That's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Feel free to grab a pair and a spare because your kids are going to use them. 15% off at buyraycon.com slash back. Buyraycon.com slash back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me go through, uh, let me go through a couple of things. Uh, first, let's play the video and audio of former Facebook executive on censoring a little better we have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences there are, are people on youtube for example that have a larger daytime a larger audience than daytime cnn and they are extremely mm-hmm. radical and pushing extremely uh, radical views and so it's up to the facebook's and youtube's in particular to think about whether or not they want to be effectively cable networks for disinformation and then we're gonna have to figure out the oann and newsmax problem you know that these companies have freedom of speech but i'm not sure we need verizon at&t comcast and such to be bringing them into tens of millions of homes um this is you know allowing people to seek out information if they really want to but not pushing it into their faces i think is where we're gonna have to go here 
This is exactly the reason I built the plays and exactly the reason we left um, cable news. It was really hard for us to leave the cable companies and uh, Dish in particular um, because they had been good to us, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, there's just no future. And if you didn't if you if you didn't put your eggs uh, together and pick a side, you're going to be crushed. And I I worry about Newsmax and OAN because listen to what he's saying. And this is I think this is mainly being led by CNN. They are trying to push this narrative of Newsmax and, and OAN being canceled by all of these cable companies. Yeah, which it's odd that they would have they would go after or, uh, you know, networks that are competing with them for viewers. Yeah. And that would be looked upon as this virtuous act. Right. Uh, and it's not just the cable news networks. They're also the new one is podcasts. You know, they've just let these podcasts just go out there and people are just listening to what they want to listen to. And that's not the, right, the way this country is supposed to work. We need to make sure that this is managed by somebody. Because what if people believe things that CNN doesn't think are right? That can't happen. There's got to be some mechanism for somebody, you know, like like them, that they can say, oh, you know what? This is this is good. But that's gone on far. enough. Yeah, it's gone on far enough. Um, here is uh, Rick Grinnell. Uh, he's the former uh, DNI. This 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 he's actually the first gay cabinet member that was appointed by Trump. But now we don't, of course, count him for some reason or another. Here's what he said about Susan Rice. Listen to this. I think the reality is she's going to be running foreign policy, domestic policy. Uh, she's probably extremely happy that Kamala Harris is going to be preoccupied with the Senate trying to manage 50-50, being the 101st senator there, and won't have a lot of time to get into policy issues. So uh, I think you need to watch Susan Rice very closely. She will be the shadow president. And she was instrumental in Ukraine. She was instrumental in almost everything that uh, Barack Obama was doing. This is why I think Barack Obama waited so long to endorse uh, uh, Joe Biden. He wanted to make sure that that Susan Rice was in there uh, because the, and, and, you know, there's this really. The left abandoned Obama. Because he would he didn't go far enough. This is a lesson that they learned. Now, is Susan Rice a super radical or is she more of a um, more of a Clintonite far as corruption and and we'll just kind of keep it going because everybody can get rich off of this. Uh, I don't I don't know which she is, but I think he's right that it is Susan Wright that is or Susan Rice that is going to be running much of the Biden uh, administration. All right. Back tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. It's a dangerous week. Fast and pray for our republic. <laughs>